I'll tell you what, uh, those words are pretty awesome. For endless days. There's a lot of things that, that we enjoy for a moment, aren't there? You ever had a good meal and thought, hey, I wish that meal hadn't ended? Or have you ever gone on a really good vacation and thought, hey, that was awesome, I wish I didn't have to go home? Listen, today we have the opportunity to gather together and worship the king, the king of kings. And, and this is something that's not going to pass. It's been happening and it's going to happen for eternity. And so what a great privilege we have to worship together. Uh, if you're glad to be here, just turn to someone next to you and say, praise God. And if the person next to you didn't say praise God, turn to him and say praise God, say, turn to them and say, get it together. <laughs> it's so good to be together. And, and by the way, uh, thanks for those that are joining online. And um, I, I just want to encourage you, I'm going to keep encouraging you through this season to continue to be praying about who God might have you invite. Because what we have here and what's, what's happening, what we get to do every week together is too good to not share. What you have every day, uh, the Holy Spirit walking with you, leading, guiding you, is too good not to share with others. In fact, Thrive was an awesome event, and I heard stories of people that invited. There was one story of someone who invited someone at Kroger, just randomly, and they showed up. And listen, God's working. And I'm telling you this, there are people around you that God wants to do incredible things in their lives, and God wants to use you as an avenue to invite and lead them. And the good news is this, I met with someone this week, and we were talking about how difficult it is to take that step of boldness and invite someone to come to church. And I'll just be honest with you as a pastor, like, it's not easier for me than it is for you to invite someone to come to church. It's not something that comes natural to me, but I'm telling you, God is at work. And the people that he lays on your heart, he's already working ahead of time, okay? So be faithful, be praying. We've got Holy Week coming up. We've got Easter, the great celebration that we have every year. Be praying about who God would put on your heart and Take a step of boldness. It's totally worth it. God wants to do great things. We're in the third week of our I Am series. And um, today, the, through the series so far, week one, we're looking at the statements that Jesus made in John's gospel. There's seven I Am statements, and Jesus tells us who he is. And so each week we're looking at, at, at one of the statements. The first week, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Sometimes we get focused on the, the experiences, and listen, today is awesome. It's great singing these songs together, worshiping together. It's a great experience, but don't miss this today. Jesus is the bread. The bread isn't the experience or the feeling. Jesus is the bread of life. He is what we need. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world, that he shines the light. He shows us the truth, and he lights our paths. And, and then today, we're we're going to look at Jesus as the gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. Now, this week and last week, there's this battle going on, and, and I want to say this up front. There is a, still a battle going on today. The same battle that we see in John's gospel that was happening at this time is still happening today, and it's the battle for authority and control. So what's happening in, in John chapter 8, last week we saw that there was the religious leaders were pushing back against Jesus and there was a woman that, that they were going to come out and they were going to stone because she'd been caught in sin. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. 
Jesus leads the way. He says, I am the light. And this was controversial because the light, what Jesus was saying is, I am of God. I am divine. I am the Savior. And this was a big deal. So they argued with him in in chapter 8 of John's gospel. uh, The religious leaders are arguing back and forth with Jesus. You're not who you say you are. And Jesus says, yes, I am. You just don't know it. And then in chapter 9, I'm just setting up the context for today's scripture. In chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. He heals a blind man, doesn't just heal him, but he heals him on the Sabbath. And the religious leaders, there's this battle going on. The religious leaders want to be in control. They want to have their say. And Jesus says, no, I am the light. And then he heals this blind man. And once again, we have this battle. And the religious leaders, they they call him a sinner. They call him all these names. And they can't accept that Jesus has done this miracle. This guy that was blind can see. And they call the guy before him. They say, admit that that guy's a phony. Admit that he's a fraud. And the guy says, I don't know, but all I can tell you is I was blind and now I see. There's something about that guy. And they say, no, he's a sinner. He healed on the Sabbath. If he, you know what's happening there? For the Pharisees and the religious leaders, their salvation is found in law. Their salvation is found in in living by the letter of the law. And so they couldn't accept Jesus who came and said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And so in in chapter 9, they call the guy back and they say, you know, admit that that guy's a phony and the guy won't do it. And so what do they do? They say, you're done. And they cast him away. They, they tell him he's not welcome anymore. That's the context that we, we come into John chapter 10. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, are trying to flex their authority. They're trying to, they see themselves as the shepherds or the keepers of salvation and goodness, and, and there's this battle. So stand with me. And, and Jesus, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 10 of John's gospel, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, he's talking to the Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out and when he's brought out all of his own, he goes, uh, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. This is one of my favorite parts of the scripture. But the Pharisees just did not understand what he was telling them. They didn't get it. So in verse 7, he takes it up a notch. He says, Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You can have a seat. Praise God for his word. I pray that his word will speak to you today more than anything I have. I pray that the spirit will speak to you through his word. So so first off, Jesus tells us today, I am 
the gate. Now, listen, next week is I am the good shepherd. So there's a little bit of back and forth here. There's a little bit of this, like, next week bleeding into this week because this story you'll see Jesus talks about, and we'll get there. But Jesus says, I am the gate. There's two things happening. There's two parts of this text. The first is verses 1 through 6. And in verses 1 through 6, there's this, I told you, there's this power struggle. The religious authorities, they can't accept him. The Pharisees, they can't accept him because the law is their God. And Jesus is saying, no, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. And so there's this battle. And so Jesus at the beginning tells this, it's kind of like a parable or a story. He says, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in another way is a thief or a robber. But the one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And he talks about how when the shepherd comes through the gate, he calls the sheep and they follow him. And so he tells the story. And when Jesus tells stories, this is one of the awesome things. He was so good at this. He, he used things that they would understand. See, this is a common thing in their day. This whole idea of the sheep pen and the gate and, and the shepherds and imposters. This was something they would know about. In that day, when all these shepherds would have their sheep, they would come in at night and they would put them into like a common sheep pen. And so they would come drop the sheep off. They'd go in through the gate and then the shepherd would go do what he had to do. And there was a gatekeeper that would, would sit there and protect it. Then when the shepherd was ready to come back for his sheep, he would come and the gatekeeper would open the door because he knew the shepherd was the, the true shepherd and he would come in and he would call his sheep and the sheep knew his voice and would follow him out to pasture. So this is something that they understood. And so he tells this story, he paints the picture and what Jesus is doing right here is he's making it very clear that there are shepherds and there are thieves and robbers. There's this battle, I said. It's not just something that happened in, in scriptural times. There is a battle today. Listen, I want you to know there are shepherds. There is one true shepherd. And there are other shepherds that point the way to him. But there are also thieves and robbers. And Jesus makes it really clear here. That there are shepherds and there are thieves. The question is... How do you tell the difference? How do you tell the difference between the true shepherds and the thieves and the robbers? And the answer is, you have it? The gate. The true shepherd enters by the gate. The thieves come in a, a different way. We've probably all at some point, let's just be honest with ourselves and each other, that we've probably all maybe entered into something in the wrong way before. Maybe you snuck into something. I'm not going to say like a theater or anything like that. Maybe you snuck into a game or a theater or event. Have we all entered in the wrong way? Like there's a gate. Have we all entered in the wrong way before? Am I the, I'm the only one? Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. What am I doing up here? <laughs> We've all done it. And Jesus says some people enter by the wrong way. Those are thieves and robbers. But there's a gate. There's one entrance, there's one way. And so, so we tell the shepherds from the thieves by whether they go through the gate or not. And, and it says here that the, the religious people, they just didn't get it. 
They were clueless. He's trying to paint a picture for them, something they would know, they would identify with, and it says they just didn't get it. And so Jesus goes on in verse 7, and he says, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says you can tell the imposters by whether they go in the gate. You can tell the shepherds from the thieves by whether they enter the gate, and they don't get it, so he just spells it out for them. He says, I'm the gate. He said, I'm the light of the world, and they lost their mind. And so think about what they're, they're thinking here. These religious leaders who don't accept him, Jesus is saying, I am the determining factor of whether you are truly a shepherd or a robber or a thief. He says, I am the gate. Listen, today there is a battle. I'm going to keep saying this. There is a battle going on for authority in your life. There's one gate. It's Jesus Christ. The only way to salvation and holiness is through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. The only way to salvation and holiness is through Jesus Christ. See, the, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they thought that the law could achieve for them salvation and holiness. If they just followed the law, if they did everything, you know, if they were where they needed to be at the right time, and if they didn't do bad things and they did all the good things, then they would be saved. And Jesus is saying, no, there is one gate, and it's Jesus. The law cannot, listen, you can behave all you want. Behavior is a, behaving is a good thing. I'm a father of four boys. I like it when the boys behave we can behave all we want. We can do the right things and stay away from the wrong things. But listen, there's only one way to salvation, and it's through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. In our culture, and in, in, in that culture as well, maybe some people think that you can buy your way in. If you have enough money, if you have enough influence, you can, you can buy your Jesus says there's only one way. It's through him. Maybe some of us think, hey, I'm a... 18th generation Nazarene or Christian. Hey, my grandparents, 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 grandparents were Christians and, and Nazarenes, and so I'm going to be good, right? No, you can't be born into this. There's one way, Jesus Christ. You can't fake your way to salvation. You can't come and pretend that you've got it. There, it doesn't work. Jesus says, I am the gate, Everything else, it doesn't do it. Jesus is the only way to salvation and holiness. And we see this in chapter 9. The, the wonderful thing is he paints this picture, he tells this kind of parable, but it's really just a story of what just happened in chapter 9. Jesus has given this blind man sight, and he, he's seen the true shepherd, but the religious leaders, they can't accept it. And they're trying to exert their authority, but the truth is they've entered the pen by the wrong way. They've entered by the law, which cannot save. Only Jesus can save. And so they're trying so hard to get this guy to follow them. They're saying, hey, you know that guy's a fraud. You know, I mean, that was the Sabbath. You can't do that on the Sabbath. He broke the law, and this guy says, listen, I don't, I don't know. All I know, he healed me. He is the one. 
And they, they keep calling him back, and, and he's not listening. Did you hear in the text that, that sheep listen to the shepherd, but they don't listen to the imposters? And these religious leaders, Jesus is saying, you're imposters because you didn't enter through the real gate. We see it play out. And this man who was healed, who received sight, says, this, this is the way. Jesus Christ. Jesus says, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. And, and, and what happens is, I think this is a kind of a cool picture in chapter 9, because the blind man who encounters Jesus, the gate, receives sight and is changed but the religious leaders and the Pharisees who are trying to sneak in a different way are exposed for who they really are. Just like last week, we talked about the woman at the, that, that was being stoned, the woman that they brought before him. And I told you last week that they didn't care about the woman. They were using her as a pawn in the same way the religious leaders were using this guy in chapter 9 to try to get after Jesus. They didn't care about him. They didn't care that he was healed. All they cared about was their power and their law. And here this guy's been transformed. He can see. He's experienced Jesus Christ. And they don't see it. And they're exposed. Jesus is the gate. He is the proving ground. So, so here, I've said this like three, four weeks, maybe a thousand weeks in a row. I'm going to keep saying it because I think we need to keep hearing it. And I'll tell you, I need to hear it. There are false teachers out there. There's a battle going on. There are people and influences and things that are trying to lead you out of the sheep pen that are imposters. There's only one that can bring you salvation and can lead you to life in the fullest, and that's Jesus Christ. So how do we know? Well, let me say this. Any preacher, teacher, or leader or influence that is not pointing to Jesus is a false teacher. Any teacher, preacher, I don't care if they're a pastor, I don't care if they're an evangelist, I don't care if it's a, a, a political leader, any person that's not pointing you towards Jesus is not a shepherd, they're a thief. Anyone who is speaking a message to you that goes against the message of Jesus Christ is a false teacher, and they're not somebody, it's not something, if it's a thought or an influence, not something you should follow. There are false teachers, there's a battle for your soul. There's the gate, Jesus Christ, and there's a bunch of thieves and robbers who are just after what you have. See, they come to take, Jesus comes to give. And, and so I want to say this, be careful who you follow. There's one you can follow that will lead you to life. And shepherds, teachers, influences that point you to the one true God, the one true shepherd, the gate, that's who you should follow. Anyone that stands opposed or, or does not point you there or has a message that's opposed, you should run from it, because Jesus tells us it's harmful. He says, they, in verse 9, he says, they will, uh, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
See, false teaching is not harmless. Those little influences in your life that are trying to steer you away from Christ, they're not harmless. They're out to take from you, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Anyone who's not of Christ will cause great harm and lead to death and destruction if you follow them as the imposter. Be careful who you follow there's, uh, I was looking through just different stories of this, and how many of you have heard of Mike Tyson, the great boxer Mike Tyson? Uh, he had a promoter, Don King, and it's thought that Don King swindled him out of over $100 million in his career. He didn't care about Mike Tyson. He cared about what he could take from Mike Tyson. There are story after story of, of TV evangelists who tell you that if you give me your money and help me buy my million dollar mansion and private jet and all this stuff, then you'll be blessed. But they're just interested in taking from you. Listen, if they're not pointing to Jesus, they only come to steal. And they'll only lead you to death and destruction. There's this battle. Jesus says, I am the true gate. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. Jesus says, they've come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to give you life and life to the fullest. The good news today is this. There's, there's a battle and there's influences and teachers, there's even religious leaders, there's political leaders that want to take you and take from you and lead you astray. Today there's good news. There is a, there's a true Savior that wants to give you life and life to the fullest. So Jesus came, they came to take, Jesus came to give. It says two things that Jesus gives. Number one, they will be saved. There's this picture of the sheep pen, and, and when sheep are in the pen, they're safe. That's what it's there for. And there's the gatekeeper there to keep predators out. And so the, the, the pen is for safety. And sometimes, and this is, this is one thing that, that Jesus offers us, is salvation and safety. But that's not all. The good news today is if Jesus is your gate, if Jesus is the true shepherd in your life, then, then you have eternity to look forward to. But, but I love that he doesn't stop there. He says, whoever enters through me will be saved, but then he says they will come in and go out and find pasture. Listen, it's not enough to just sit in the, the safety of the, the pen. Jesus wants to lead us to life. Life to the fullest. Jesus wants to lead us to pasture. It's not just about sitting back and waiting and being safe from all of that. Jesus wants you to have life and have it today. Jesus came that we could be saved and have life to the fullest. So that brings a big question here. There's, there's a battle going on. There's, I know, I know there's a battle in your lives because there's a battle in mine. And I know that there's things that are trying to lead you in the wrong direction. I know there's people that are trying to take from you and are trying to lead you down a path of destruction. And there's Jesus who says, I'm the gate. I came that you could have life, that you could be saved to lead you in the right way. So the question is, how 
Do we know who to follow? In this really confusing world where some preachers are just out to take advantage of you, some political leaders just want your vote, all these different influences, there's an enemy that is after your soul. How do we know who to follow? Let's go back to, uh, to earlier in the text. Jesus says, the shepherd comes and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And how do they know? Because they know his voice. How do we know what to follow? How do we know who to follow, who to listen to, what, what to listen to, what not to listen to? How can we know? We've got to know his voice. See, Jesus is going to go on and say that he is the good shepherd in the next verses. He's the gate, and he's the good shepherd. And you're like, how can that be? He's either the gate or the shepherd. No, this is God. He's the gate, and he's the one true shepherd. And the way that we know who to follow is we've got to know his voice. So I, I have four boys, and one of the things I used to love, I don't get to do this anymore because my kids are grown up a little bit, but all my kids went to preschool right here in the church, and every day at the end of work, I would walk down, and I would pick up the boys, and, and I always love that moment when I walk in the room, and they're over there, they're playing with toys, they're focused, they're not looking at me, and I can walk in, and they don't see me, but the second they hear my voice, they snap around they don't do this anymore. They come running. Give me a big hug. They knew my voice. You know, there are a lot of studies that have been done that the more that parents speak to and read to, the more parents say to kids, the more the kids grow and learn and are able to process and know what's what. The same thing is true in our spiritual lives. We have to hear his voice. We have to know his voice. And the way we do that by hearing it every day. The mark of a follower of Christ is that they know his voice. How do we know his voice? Well, the only way is to spend time with him. I've got four ways that we can know his voice better today. Number one, his word. Uh, John Kitna, who spoke at Men's Advance a couple weeks ago, said, God has given us the greatest gift. He's given us his word, and we treat it like it's nothing, but it's this gift that shows us who he is. We have his word, and we will know his voice if we focus on his word. The second way is worship. We're here today worshiping together, but I want you to know worship isn't a Sunday morning from 11 to 12 or 9.30 to 10.30 thing. Worship is an everyday thing. And we know his voice when we hear it as we worship. And so we've got his word and we've got worship. And the third way is prayer. That we can, I'm so thankful for a God that I can, I can talk to. There's a battle. And I'm just going to be really real with you today. There's been a battle in my heart all week. There have been influences that are telling me one thing, that are trying to lead me in the wrong direction, that are telling me that it's pointless. But I have a good shepherd. I have a savior that speaks to me. And all week I've been praying, God, help me to hear your voice. 
Help me not to hear this other junk. Help me not to follow the thieves and the robbers. Help me to follow you. We've got his word. We've got worship. We've got prayer. And here's another one, and this is something that I've experienced this week. We have the fellowship of other believers. We're not meant to walk this journey on our own. We're meant to point each other to Jesus. So just confession this week, I was struggling with something in a relationship in my life, and I sat down with four other pastors And I said, hey, guys, I'm struggling. Can you help me out? And you know what they did? They pointed me to Jesus. We've got to know his voice. We've got to hear from him. That's how we know who to follow. There's a battle today. And listen, I know if it's true in my life, it's true in your life. I know there's voices. I know there's influences that are telling you that there's a better way. I know there's voices and influences that are telling you that it's not worth it and that you should give up. I know that there's voices that tell you you're no good. Jesus is the gate. And what we need to do is hear his voice. His voice. 